We're in the book of John. We've been started, we started a sermon series here through the book of John, the gospel of John. If you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bible or Bible apps, we're going to be in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 21. It's going to be our focus. Now, I'm going to read the entire uh, uh, context because we're going, to, we're going to be hitting on this, this great verse that many of us know, John 3, 16. John 3.16, we're going to to see it in context and see it unpacked here today. As it is Father's Day, let me uh, start off with a story to just set things up here. Being a dad, being a good dad, means that we will make sacrifices for our kids. For the ones that we love, we will, we will in, in ways, lay our lives down. We will lay our lives aside, our priorities. We will give when we have nothing left to give. And you fathers out here, I've seen you do it. To be a father, to be a good father is to sacrifice ourselves for our children. And, and, and uh, there was a big sacrifice my dad made for us growing up. My dad, he had a, real, he had a passion to become a professor of business and marketing and out, coming out of the military, actually just coming out of growing up, he's had a lot of damage done. Abuse growing up. A lot of messages that were communicated to him that you're not enough. You're not enough. And people sabotaging his, his dreams and desires and plans and always having to work against the odds. And against the odds, he got his, his degrees Bachelor's and master's degrees done in, in, in record time and went on to get his doctorate at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. And uh, it was in the midst of getting his doctorate and got to his dissertation and in his committee, he faced uh, a, a political coup. If you've been a part of institutions and universities, they're political. And uh, he was unable to get his, his uh, dissertation Completed and presented. So he started looking for positions to just teach, even out with his master's level training, at everything but his dissertation towards his doctorate. And he started bouncing around these small institutions, and and then ended up getting a, a position uh, in this town out in the middle of the West. I think they had electricity, still you know, rode horses and water closets in Kearney, Nebraska. Pioneered from the South, uprooted his family. We went to Kearney, Nebraska to go to the University of No Knowledge. I mean, the University of Nebraska at Kearney. He led us out there. It was Kearney State College at that time. And he was a professor of business and marketing and professor for seven years there. And he earned awards and he, he, he enlarged the program and, and developed it. But he didn't have a doctorate. Eventually, as it changed from the Kearney State College to the University of Nebraska at Kearney, political things started to happen again. He was forced out and forced to resign. And the reasons were, you don't have a doctorate. You can imagine all of that trauma and life and opposition and all that those demons coming for my dad. Well, he, he did get depressed, and things were hard in our home. And he was unemployed, and he's tried to find other positions. He was unemployed for two and a half years. And in that time, he had opportunities to go back to Alabama, to go back to the South, which is where our family's from. And, and he faced these choices over and over. 
And they would all require uprooting us. And we had been in Kearney already seven years. And we had already planted roots. And, and he came up to the decision every time of pursue my career or uproot my family. He had desired and dreamed to be a professor, to be a teacher. And he laid it down. He gave it up. He realized that the doors weren't opening. And he went a completely different direction. And he started driving a truck. And that's an honorable job. That's an honorable career. But that was not my dad's dream. That was not what he trained for. But in order to ensure that his family wouldn't be uprooted, he laid his dream down. He sacrificed for us. Good fathers sacrifice for their children. God the Father sacrificed the best, his best, his one and only son, because he loves you, to save you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would move in us this morning as we hear from your word. Holy Spirit, open our hearts with this familiar kind of passage to to see Jesus because we need you, Spirit, to see Jesus. Otherwise, we will see our own distortions that we've created or we'll just go in one ear and out the other. Spirit, we need you. Captivate us. Hook our hearts. Let us be changed today as we encounter you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, friends, if you haven't turned there, make sure you do. So we're we're in John 3, verses 1 through 21. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God was with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered to him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly I say to you. We speak of what we know and bear witness to what we've seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you the heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For, because God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. The people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked, wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Today we're focusing on verses 16 through 21. For God so loved the world. This great verse that we love to cherry pick out and share is so rich and so much of God's goodness is packed in this. But this verse is part of a conversation with Nicodemus. It's part of a bigger conversation and context. The word for in verse 16 should indicate we need to look back behind it or ahead of it to what is it referencing to. It's part of a context we see in verse 14 and 15. Jesus is talking about what is the means by which we're born again. What's the power that enables us to be changed and transformed? Because we must be made new. No one can come into the kingdom of heaven as they are. No one has the rights. No one has the ticket. No one's immediately born in because of their Jewish ancestry or ethnicity. No one's righteous enough. No one can be good enough. We must be changed. And the cross, Jesus being lifted up, is the only way we can be changed. He must be lifted up, verses 14 and 15. Now in verse 16, he says, for giving the reason. Why? Why must the Son of Man be lifted up? Why is he glorified by being crucified? Why is he humiliated? Why does he have to go through hell for us? Because God so loved us. All of us. The world, not just a particular people group or ethnicity. The world, God so loved all of his creation. It was his mission. His son must be crucified. The son must be tortured. The son must go through the worst kind of torment and suffering. He must embody all evil and take it on himself. He must because God loves you God so loved the world that he gave his only son God shows his love God gives us the his best he shows his love by giving us his best so that we might be born again the context here again is being born again we can't be born again if God didn't love us and step towards us we can't change ourselves God loves us and he wants us to be part of the family he wants us to be welcomed back in and he went to the greatest links the greatest cost he gave us his best he gave us his one and only son when we think about this friends how radical this is 
The loss of a child is traumatic. It's horrible. As a mental health therapist and as a pastor, it's the, the worst form of loss I've, I've observed and personally experienced. To lose a child. We would rather give ourselves, right? We'd rather give ourselves to let our children live, sacrifice ourselves to help somebody else. God gave us his son, his only son. That's how much we mean to him. That's how much he loves us. But, but we've got to get this. So that, so that we should Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, friends, he had to come. He sent his son because we're hell-bent on heading to hell. All of us will perish. This word means to be destroyed. And it's kind of like this slow process of decay. It's like entropy is what this word destroyed or perish means. It's this slow decay. It's the opposite of life. We are all headed for spiritual, physical destruction, eternal, unending suffering because of our Sin. You see, he goes on in verse four, uh, uh, 17 to say, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that it might be saved. You see, we're already self-condemned. Jesus didn't come to pronounce and, 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 and show us that we're condemned. He came to show us we need to be saved and to accomplish that work. He came on a rescue mission. John Calvin says this, Until... Christ bestow his aid in rescuing the lost. All are destined to eternal destruction. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Already. All of us, our default direction is away from God. Our default destination is my way. And that's a highway to hell. <laughs> ACDC came out with the song Highway to Hell. And just kind of this mockery of just this pride. It just, it just embodies this pride that, of the human spirit that we have. Living easy, loving free, season ticket on a one-way ride. Asking nothing, leave me be, taking everything in my stride. Don't need reason, don't need rhyme. Ain't nothing that I'd rather do going down party time. My friends are going to be there too. I'm on the highway to hell. On the highway to hell. I'm on the highway to hell. This song, just this, it's just blatant mockery. It's a great rock and roll tune. But in it is the human heart and condition. I want my way. In the garden, what tempted Adam and Eve, and Satan used this, 
This will make you like God. You will know good and evil. You don't need God. You can make the right decisions for you yourself. Your way. All is sin. And our condition, our human problem, evil in this world, comes from that heartbeat. I want to choose. I want control. It's my way. And I'll tell you, Jesus, when you can save me or how you can save me or when it's good for me and when I want to follow you or when I don't want to follow you. We like Jesus like we like Pizza Ranch. We like going to the buffet. And we like to pick and choose because we want our way. And our way is a highway to hell. All of us stand already condemned. Which is why God shows his love for us. We're the ones who deserve to, to just... Here, have your way. You, if you want, if you want to run away from me and all my love and goodness and everything I have for you, go ahead. No, he pursues us, and not only that, he gave his one and only son that we just take for granted. We just say, "Oh, God loves us. That's so awesome. God loves us. He forgives whatever I do. I can do whatever I want." We like to we like to think of God as a sugar daddy, right? Oh God, I messed up. I come back, pay for my pay for what I broke and and clean up my messes and nothing really matters. Cause it's still all about me. You saved me, God, and that's what you exist for. You just exist to save me, clean up my messes, and there's more here. There's more in these verses. God so loved the world to to save us from that destination, from that direction, from a heart condition. So that we might be changed and born again to live now and for eternity. So what it means to be born again then, though, is that those who are born again, those who receive the love of God, who take hold of it, who understand the gravity of God giving himself for us, his only son. They come into the light. In 19, this is the judgment. Lights come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Those who are born again. Is those who, who, who choose to, to come to Jesus and surrender and say, be my Lord, be my God. They come to the light because the light is Jesus. It's not some, like, it's not just some principles. The light is truth, but it's not merely principles. It's a person. It's not just knowing more. It's not just seeing clearly. It's a person and it's a relationship with that person. And, 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 our, and our fundamental orientation is, is to love darkness, which is living for ourselves. We might see these verses and it says, people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. Oh, I'm not evil. Oh man, that's, that's those terrorists. That's them ISIS kind of people. That's those, those murderers, rapists. Those are, those are, that's evil. Who defines what is evil? 
That's, that's the question here. Because this is part of the problem is, you see, we want to define what's good and evil. You see, God blows our, he blows things up in our mind. To be good is to love God. Now, we can do good things, but we do them for ourselves, for the approval of others. We can do good things, but to be good is to love God. To be good is to do things for God. God is the only good. Anything outside of God is evil. We create these categories because of, of the atrocities we see in this world, in this life. But evil, friends, we all, without Jesus, are evil. We may do good things, but we don't do them for God. This is a hard pill to swallow. We resist this. Because we don't want to be told that we're, that we're wrong. That, we, that, we, that we're worse off than we dare to imagine. We, we don't like to hear that. He goes on to explain, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his works should be exposed. Again, he uses the word wicked. Oh, I'm not wicked. I don't do wicked things. That's again, that's a special kind of bad person. But he explains here, such a person does not come into the light lest his works should be exposed. What this means is we don't want to be held accountable. We don't want somebody to tell us, no, that is, that is not good or holy or righteous. That is not a right heart. We, we, we want to do our own thing. We, 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 we'll, we'll move towards isolation. In order to be our own gods. We'll hide what's happening in our life. We won't come into community. We won't live in accountability. Because we don't want somebody else to control us. We want control. But to come into the light is to behold The Father is good. He gave His only Son. The evidence of His goodness is that He gave His only Son. We can trust Him. That if we give Him control, it's good. He's not going to take something good from us. And therefore, the evidence of those who live, who who, who love the light, are those who come under the control of the Father, who come under the lordship of Jesus, who are led by him, who live it out. Notice it says here, whoever does what is true, verse 21, it comes to the light. Whoever does what is true, not who says truth, because we can talk about it. We can like the idea. Many people love Jesus. Many people can talk about the truths of Jesus. Many people know this but don't know Jesus. The evidence 
is living the truth. Living the relationship is obedience. John captures this later. First John, the, his later epistle, is this just deeper, richer explanation of what it means to follow Jesus. I'm going to share a few verses with you here. First John 2, 9 through 11. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him there is no cause for stumbling. If we've received the forgiveness of Jesus, if we've tasted his love, then we must be working at forgiving others. We can't hold on to our bitterness. We can't hold on to the harm's been done for us. Now, it may be a process, but we're working at it. We're loving like he's loved up. We, 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 we can't receive the generosity of God and, and, and hoard our stuff and not give to others and live generously and go out of our way to sacrifice for others. Jesus, we were Jesus' enemies and he loved us. And how much more should we not also love our enemies? Whatever they may be in our own family, politically, nationally, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. Jesus showed us love. Those who've seen the light, those who've tasted the light will live that truth. He goes on, 1 John 3.16. John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16, awesome. Easy to remember. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. In truth. Do you hear that? It's alive. When we've been born again, we're alive. We're living in relationship with Jesus. And that, 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 that it expresses itself. And we can't help but love others. Now, that may be a fight with our sin. But there's a fight there. And finally, 1 John 5. Listen to this. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. Did you hear the connection there? Where it brings it all together. Where we believe means we come under Jesus, under the Father, and we obey. He's our Lord. He's our God. And we love. We love the Father. We love each other. You see how it's all one together? If we love others, we're loving the Father. We're going to obey. If we love the Father, we're going to love others. It's all, it's all one package. We can trust the Father to come out, to be exposed, to to let him control us, to let him lead us. He is good. Maybe there may be shame that keeps you from coming today. 
Maybe there's shame that keeps you from surrendering. That, 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 that there's so much that I've got to clean up myself that I can't let other people know. It's either control or shame that keeps us from coming to the Father. And I love John Calvin's words here. He says, for our minds cannot find calm repose, rest, until we arrive at the unmerited love of God. Unless we accept that we are worse than we dare believe, friends, we will never know the love that's far greater than we could ever imagine. We'll never understand. The magnitude of for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. When we come, the thread here throughout is believe, believe, believe. How many times does it say, verse 16, whoever believes. Verse 17, whoever believes. Verse 18, whoever believes. We come to Jesus, we come under him by believing. I used the metaphor in the past of the chair to show that we like to say that we're trusting Jesus, but it means to rest all our weight on him. And we like to do this. Remember, am I putting all my weight in Jesus? No, because I'm still standing on the ground, but I, but I like to feel like I am. I mean, I'm, 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 I've got some weight on him. No, we've got to be all in. To believe is to be all in. There's another aspect of this that this passage alludes to. If we're all in in Jesus, it means we come under him. We had a little bit of rain this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For the storm and the condemnation that we bring on ourselves, we've got to come under him to be saved. We've got to come under his authority. To be protected. We've got to come under him. To be blessed in this life. And receive his protection in this life. Let alone in the next. He's good. We've got to come under. To believe. The other day. We were headed to Sioux Falls. And uh, we're going to go to this restaurant called Carnival. If you've ever heard of it, it is all-you-can-eat meat fest, right? And one of my boys, who will remain nameless, was eating this, car, this, this uh, uh, um, popcorn, the, the um, not caramel corn, drawing a blank now. Kettle corn, kettle corn, kettle corn. Kettle corn's tasty, right? It's good stuff, right? Eating this kettle corn, it's, you know, it's sweet. It tastes good. It lights up the dopamine receptors and all that. It's good. It's crack, right? And uh, we love, he's eating it. We're, we're going to Carnival. We got something better. And he just couldn't stop himself because it tasted good now. And, and we stepped in and in a force, like, you are not going to eat more because we're going to Carnival. We have something better for you. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust us. The, something better is coming. And of course, when we got there, he got full pretty fast. It was a great teaching lesson, great teaching opportunity. But we do that as well. We love the pleasure now. 
I like my control now. I feel good now. I want my way, whether it's whether it's with gossip, with, his, with our choices with sexuality, whether it's with, with self-medication, whether, whether it's with our anger, whether it's with our just controlling our little world and our little life. I want to do what I want to do. We like that sense and that feeling and that pleasure now. He's got something better. It's so much better. It's so much better. He's good, friends. Will you believe? Your father sacrificed the best because he has something better. Come this morning. Let's surrender. The worship team, come on forward. Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much that you didn't hold back. You gave us your son in the most gruesome, horrific way because you love us. Help us to trust Jesus. Help us to lay down. Help us to welcome you in and say, Lord, every room, every closet is yours. Have your way. I come under you. Have it all, Jesus. Help me. Lord, where there is closets that I still have under lock and key, help me, take me by the hand, walk me there. Jesus, where there's shame, Jesus, I pray you speak and show your love that you are there with them, you know them, and you love them, that you are embraced, that even in the darkness you are there, they cannot hide, because you are good. Lord Jesus, Let us come into the light. Let us come under your lordship. Let us come under your love and be changed now and forever.